Welcome to Fresh Off the Boat. This is our podcast series uh, in, in an attempt to reconnect with our students. Uh, I'm really delighted to uh, have this conversation with Guntas. Guntas Singh uh, graduated from high school in 2011. I've known him since 2010, so it's almost a decade now. So uh, lovely to see you again. Uh, Guntas, I think your journey was interesting because coming from a small city in Punjab and then thinking of conquering the world, which you literally are doing in our, in, in my mind, at least, uh, moving uh, to Rice University first, and then uh, also having, you know, the vision to sort of look at uh, how to conquer the world of academics. You did fantastically well in your uh, economics major, it seems. Love to know more about opportunities that you got at Rice and beyond. Uh, so first things first, how was it like moving from uh, Punjab and Amritsar in particular to Houston, Texas, and settling in at Rice? Um, I think like you mentioned, I come from a relatively small city. So if majority of the people from India say go from Delhi or Bombay or Bangalore to the US, I think the adjustment is slightly different because a lot of people come from a background where uh, I guess they've gone to IB schools and met people who've had more exposure to, to I guess, uh, study abroad programs, summer school and stuff like that. So while I, while I I had summer school experience when I was in high school, I hadn't been exposed to many people or many kids in my school who had that. Uh, so starting off, I think the reason why I wanted to pursue my education in the U.S. and then ended up going to Rice was because I'd gone to a summer school program, which sort of motivated me uh, to meet like-minded people and, and things of that nature. Uh, that was sort of the basic motivation. And I think having seen the drastic difference between kids I'd met during summer school and the kids that were back in high school, uh, I knew that the adjustment was going to be slightly more challenging for me because I also met people during my SD classes in Delhi and I think they were closer to adjustment than I really was when I left for Rice. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, like everybody faced their own set of challenges. If you go to big school, you can get lost. If you go to small school, you don't have many people right away to connect with. You have to make, you have to get out of a comfort zone to make those connection friendships. Uh, I think that's where the rice was. That, that, that's, that's the end of the spectrum where rice falls. It's a relatively small school. You don't have too many international students. Uh, I can count the number of people I knew from India during my freshman year. Uh, so I, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword, to be honest, right? Even, and how was it like settling in, in terms of uh, rice has this uh, legendary uh, welcome week and all of that. Uh, <laughs> and, and over the years, when you look back now, it's what, 2015 is when you graduated. Uh, do you still have ties to the rice community? I do. I how do would you credit that to the early days of uh, making you yeah, feel Yeah, so well? I think because it's a smaller school, uh, rice sort of understands the important process of welcoming freshmen into a small schools because once classes start, the process of just mixing in the community gets a little harder because people get busy with things that are going on. So they set aside this one week at arrival so you can you can right away get the sense of this college pride Rice has because we don't have fraternities on campus. Uh, that's sort of like the idea of why that one week is basically given to people coming in so they can get the importance of just bonding with the people, bonding with the college spirit, making those friendship connections, sort of just understanding uh, how to get around stuff without having to focus on other things beginning college. Uh, so when I look back at my old week, it was definitely one of the best weeks during my time and I remember as if it was like, few weeks ago. It's very right. fresh in my mind, very enthralling. And I think the key takeaway I had from that O week was that you just 
you'll be given the opportunities to do what you really want. And I think talking to these people during the, during the first week just basically instilled everything you sort of read about, right? It's a small community, but you can basically get everything you want. You just have to like go after it. So one reads about the residential life uh, system and the fact that you can interact with uh, seniors even from day one and all of that. You live together. How does it work and what worked for you in that environment? Uh, I think while my transition, to be honest, was slightly challenging. And again, I think partly it was to do with not having to, not having a ton of exposure before moving to Houston. Uh, and I think the good thing was the people I met, the friends I made, they were very helpful. So I was literally handheld to do certain things. And even though I wasn't very comfortable choosing those things for myself, but I was guided as to take those, I guess I was, I was fortunate enough to have certain people who pushed me to make those decisions for me. Uh, and so how I, did you get involved in stuff? Like how did you start settling in yeah, and I, enjoying yourself? So I knew certain people through you. Remember Abhi, uh, Abhijit Navlekar was another yes. ex-Delhi guy who was at Rice. So I think when I went there, Abhijit was my first sort of contact. I talked to him before moving to Rice. So when I went there and I wanted to get involved in the community, I, I knew I was interested in business and finance. I wanted to set up Rice Finance Club. And just wanted to get into thick of things and get in the college spirit. I talked to Abhijit about it. And we already had a finance club on campus. Super easy to join. All you have to do is just sign up, go to meetings, be regular with it. And if you want to get involved with leadership roles and uh, other responsibilities of the club, you just need to talk to founding members and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a small enough school where whatever you want to do, you'll be given the opportunity to do that. And I think I sort of figured that, like you said, uh, that... How I got to do that was just basically talking to people who I thought were had my good, I guess, had my good interest in heart and sort of like pushed me towards the right people, right things. And that's how I got involved with the right finance club and so on and so forth. Fantastic. And also, like, you're very focused, laser sharp, it seems like going in into thinking that you want to do finance. And of course, economics makes sense. But did you make some detours? Did you think of adding a few things uh, in your course load or you just stuck to the path? I actually went in as an engineer. That's how I okay. applied. Oh, that's yeah, that's amazing. But you knew you wanted to do some bit yeah. of finance as a yeah. some sort of activity. So it was more like I knew that finance was more like a passion versus engineering was going to be the safe degree I can fall back on with all that H1B things that were going on. It was good to just, at least in my mind at the time, it was good to have a degree which was STEM focused. But I'd say I actually ended up doing two and a half years of electrical engineering coursework, to be honest. Uh, but it just, it, it, it never really excited me. Uh, so while I was, I started as a double major doing economics and electrical engineering for two and a half years. And I think eventually I got to the point where I was like, oh, I just need to pick my battles and, and it's just not something I'm happy with. So I ended up finishing my economics degree, but Rice is one of those schools. If you want to double, triple major, do a couple of minors, it's very doable. The course load is challenging, but it's, you would not be persuaded not to do something. I, I, I have tr I've had friends who went to bigger schools. It's very hard to pick two majors because the classes don't overlap. They're very different schools. Rice doesn't have that sort of thing. How was it deciding that, you know, I need to drop out of electrical and sort of just focus on economics? I know Rice seems it's easy because you don't have to worry too much about switching credits and all of that. But in general, in your mind, were you disappointed that you had to give up electrical? No, <laughs> you like my, my parents' mind. They, they were very disappointed. For people who were funding my my education, they were extremely disappointed. Let me let me make clear. Uh, I wasn't. I, I just wasn't enjoying the classes. 
but i think what really made me i guess push push the button on dropping the thing was i had done uh, investment making internship i really liked it i knew i wanted to get into that and engineering was not a prerequisite to get into what i wanted to do so that was a relatively easy decision at that point right and so in economics of course there are so many tracks you know of course you chose finance or did you i mean i don't know when you early on early so, on you knew so rice is again i think people are considering rice or you in, in your case you obviously know a lot about the school it, it, it's not it's a liberal arts sort of undergrad focus right so you don't have that finance major you can take accounting and finance classes in business school but you will have a broader sort of major so economics was an option but if you wanted to do investment banking or go into like equity research or other finance opportunities you can take certain classes but you weren't going to get accounting degree in your undergrad uh so for me i wanted to get exposure to business side of things and i think i was very clear that i'm interested in business i didn't know i was interested in finance finance i knew i was interested in business side of things once i was doing economics and being in houston you automatically get involved with the energy world just given where you are right in the epicenter of of energy for for the us uh my economics course was a mix of energy and economics and being in houston the best way to practice those two sort of different segments into one was look at either consulting because a lot of those consulting firms were, were advising energy companies or to consider banking because a lot of the banking in houston street was oil and gas investment banking and for me i always loved dynamic challenging work environments so investment making sort of fit the bill that can combine those interest and you know obviously experience the the, the fine right so other than just the academics in school what are the opportunities that you sort of identified or you think in retrospect students should know of while like could be stock exchange challenges or any competitions or whatever uh, uh, even research or internships that really help in finance uh, and so since i particularly didn't know what what specific branch of finance i wanted to go into i was very open to trying different things i did an internship for morgan stanley wealth management in my sophomore year so that sort of helped me understand oh, all right i know i don't want to do this long term but it was a good experience to get my foot in the door get the right connections and i think for me it was more like positive elimination so i think rice again being a smaller school you can get ton of opportunities you just i i recommended i recommend everyone that you should try to do as much as you can with your workload because it's easy to do something and then decide not to do it versus just not having try and just hear other people talk about why you should do it and this and that sure it just, it just it just must easier for a school like rice that you can actually do it for yourself and then decide if you want to do it or not long term you you worked at jefferies which is an investment banking firm and now you're working at a hedge fund in boston uh private uh, for for is it uh, private equity firm. private equity yeah okay yeah so uh, if you were to uh, for a layman explain the kind of work say entry level investment bankers would do and over the course of 2 to 1 and a half years what is the trajectory they could have and then talk about the same thing for private equity that will be interesting sure so investment banking in itself is a services focused industry uh It, it encompasses three basic things equity capital markets debt capital markets and m&a for as from the name suggests equity capital market is ipos you raise money for companies for public people might have heard uber lift in, in recent times there's that's investment spot investment debt capital markets you raise public debt for companies and those bonds trade on public markets that debt capital markets and debt capital bankers for that 
and then there is a segment called M&A uh, in which you help companies either get acquired or acquire companies for a certain buyer. Uh, for all these three things, as an entry-level investment banker, you do financial modeling, comps level research, uh, and, I, I, and I think there's a lot of pitching that goes on to win the mandates. Uh, so the certain skill set, I think if you are specifically focused in one industry, in my case, energy, I was doing all three things for the energy sector. So while if, say, you were working in New York and you became part of the Capital Markets Group for Jefferies, you would have had a bro broader exposure to different industries, but you would have been very tied to just equity side of things. In my case, I saw M&A when I entered uh, the energy industry, or it just crashed. So yeah. I was focusing a lot of restructurings. Uh, so I got the flavor of all these different sort of like these, uh, I guess, pillars of investment making into this one umbrella of energy. Uh, as to what the work entails, work entails just sort of financial modeling, understanding what the companies do. In, in my case, I entered the industry at a time when there were a lot of bankruptcies because oil had just crashed. Uh, so then it was just a lot of restructurings where, you know, you clean the balance sheet up, the assets are what they are, you find the right buyers for them, you try to extract as much value as you can for the current shareholders. And all that entails you know, So you don't learn much of this in school though. Rice wouldn't like you couldn't say that yeah. rice taught me. They so taught you how to think and how to learn, but not necessarily Absolutely. Yeah. So if I was coming from say UD Austin, it'd be very different. They sleep, dream, breathe in action making, uh, versus rice where it's it's not even close. What helps people get in from rice is it's a it's one of the more popular schools in, in the southern part of the country. So you have Every firm you can think of come on campus for recruiting. So it's, it's much easier to get and, into. And, this, and these firms know how to train sharp minds to sort of do the work. Yeah, so, it's not rocket science. And most of the jobs are not rocket science. Sure, uh, so, sure, sure. And, what I, about I, hedge I, funds, though? Like, you, you were, like, you know, from private equity. What, what about private equity? How is life different there? Like, you had a very good uh, sort of layman's view of explaining uh, investment banking. But how is private equity work? And what do you yeah. do there? Yeah, so I, so the difference is while investment making is a services firm, you're helping, you are, you're basically doing a service for someone else, right? It's, it's, it's you're you are helping clients. Uh, in private equity, on the other hand, is is an investment side of things where you are investing your dollars in addition to your client dollars, which is a fund. You're putting fund money to make money. Uh, in this case, I think a lot of the skills, you, the reason why you get private equity jobs in most cases is because you have or you have been trained by an investment bank in a certain segment. You have those basic skills. You understand how financial modeling works, how to project a company in the future. So the, in, in layman terms, private equity is you look at a company, see why it might be a little undervalued, at what value can you buy it right now. So when you sell it in five to seven years, you can double your money, triple your money or, 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 things, of, or, or things of that nature. Uh, that, that's the basic idea of what investment banking is. You're trying to buy assets thinking of how to sell them in the future, at what valuations can you buy them, and at what valuations will you sell, and how the delta will basically be a profit, and how that gets split up among your clients, or I guess your fund investors, and you. Great, great. So uh, if you were to uh, sort of uh, give a message to students who are interested in finance, investment banking, private equity, what do you think are the skills they need to start developing? Not just at college, but also, I mean, what, what, what kind of mindset should they have to be able to succeed in this? I mean, I think I, in all honesty, you know, different people have different views. I personally think what helped me was just having a broader mindset about life. Like, I didn't know I wanted to do banking until my junior year. 
and I think I'm very grateful. I didn't go into thinking I want to box myself in terms of choosing one career. And what if I didn't like it? I'm glad I do. But the point is, I knew after trying so many different things in college that all right, this is what excites me the most, and that helped me stay focused because investment banking is a very hard entry level job. Well, yes, you get paid a lot, but the point being, it's very very long odds, and it's not for everyone. So the, the burnout is very common. So I think you need to go in it for the right reasons. You should be passionate about it and stuff. And I think you've sort of figured it out when you've done few other things in college uh, uh, to know that you really like it. And to your point, what skills you should have? I think you should have an open-minded view of the world. Be active in terms of reading. Be be get a subscription to financial times. Be on top of the new companies, trends, the sector you're interested in. For example, if somebody's interested in healthcare, they don't want to be a doctor. You can go into healthcare investment banking. Eventually, healthcare private equity. So there are a lot of options. Of how you can still be part of this impactful world today through finance. Uh, so I would recommend being top of that. Uh, so you had a specialization in energy, and that stuck through investment banking. Yeah. And okay. yeah. So I, now I now I'm a broader investor. I do energy and infrastructure. So mm -hmm. think of toll roads, power plants, uh, stuff of that nature, in addition to energy. Uh, but yeah, my focus was energy when I was at Jefferies, both in Houston and London. So investing in uh, new energy, renewable energy, uh, is that is that something uh, increasing, or it's still the old? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the trend is moving towards where people want clean energy. That just given where we are in terms of our planet, it should be, but it needs to be in conjunction with the use of fossil fuels. You can't switch off a button today. We don't have enough capacity in the U.S. to do that. Uh, so, while in an idealistic world, yes, that's how it should be, but given where the current technology technological limitations are we, we can't do that so, so obviously you're privy to a lot more in terms of what uh, innovative sort of companies are doing uh, yeah. that'll be another fascinating conversation for some time later we'll probably have another panel for something like that uh, we have students who worked and have graduated from college gone to b school or chosen not to where are you at with that decision? Do you think B school uh, is important for someone like you? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's necessary for my job to move up or do good things in finance, at least in private equity, to be honest. But again, education is just one of those things where it's a it's an asset for a lifetime. Uh, you can't overvalue a value of a degree. Like Rice degree, for example, is like my biggest asset. And even if the cost of education was 100K more than what it was, it would still be just as valuable. So I don't think of business school in terms of cost benefit analysis. I think it just needs to come down to, do you want to take two years away from your life to go back and make those connections again, see what the tangible benefits might be, uh, at least for people in my shoes who work in finance. Business school is not a learning process where I want to go back and learn about finance again. It's a good step for people who want to think about a switch of career change. In my case, I wanted to do finance, but in a completely different sector. Business school is a good option. So I'm not averse to business school, to be honest, just for the tangible benefit it provides in the long term. For example, if you want to raise your own fund, make connections in a different country, should I want to come back to India? All those things should be accounted for when you make the decision. And I am in the process where I'm thinking of business school, maybe applying this year or, or next. So I'm, I'm in the board where I'm like still debating. Fascinating. I think your journey has been very interesting to know. Uh, now I'm switching gears. I'm going to ask you a few rapid-fire personal questions. Uh, if you were to uh, look back at this COVID time, these COVID times, uh, what are the few things you would love to go back and do if uh, the social shelter in place and everything becomes normal? What would you 
choose to do. So is the question saying if everything was normal tomorrow? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What, 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 what do you wish you did more if, uh, you know, in your previous sort of life, let's just say, and now, yeah, if you had the chance to sort of do it, what would you do? I think in more normal times, just given the nature of my job, I didn't know that social interaction with my friends in general was very important to me. I just thought, well, I need them, but I don't really need them. And I think in this time, I've started to appreciate a lot of my more, a lot more about the friendships I've made, not just in Boston, but in general. I think I'll make a, I'll take a bigger step to make sure those people are appreciated in normal times too, not just in, in, in COVID-19. I'm calling them, trying to make sure that, you know, we stay in touch. Uh, so I guess maybe grabbing a beer every now and then with people I know are in Boston. I just don't because I just see the next weekend and then things of that nature. It just get it gets pushed out. There are hundred reasons why you sh can't meet this weekend. I think I'll make it a priority to make sure the people I know. I go hang out with them in person now that we'll have the option to be post-COVID times. Great. So uh, if you were to identify three strengths, uh, three words that describe your strengths, what would they be and why? Uh, three words that, uh, I guess, show my strengths. Uh, hardworking, I think that got instilled in me in banking. There is no option but to work hard. Uh, focused I think I've always been very goal oriented in life uh, I've always had short-term goals and I work very hard <laughs> towards them uh, third I think sincere uh, I've I've just been one of those people who if I'm focused towards something I do try to make it a sincere effort and I think sincere is probably good word for my strengths okay uh, question about uh, you know the world is going through a lot especially uh, young people who've graduated from high school or uh, who've just graduated from college, they uh, have been played a sort of tough deal here. Uh, there's so much disappointment and anxiety about the future, uncertainty. Don't know whether their internships stay or whether they'll get to college. They've been dreaming of. Uh, how do you deal with uncertainty and have you had experiences where you didn't know what was happening in your I'll life? start with if I've had faced uncertainty. Yes. So when I had a job with Jeffries, oil was 100. By the time I started, oil was 40. It had dropped more than 60% uh, of the time. Yeah. So the point being, yes, so I, while the business was doing great because there were bankruptcies, but my young, immature mind in college had no idea how the world works. So I was like, what if they cancel my job? So yes, I've gone through a period of uncertainty, but I had no idea this job would stay, much like some people would have right now. Again, their hand is much tougher than the hand I was dealt. Uh, and I think to your point, what my advice would be to people who are going through certain disappointment uh, is I would highly recommend that I would highly recommend uh, for them to go back. There are certain videos on YouTube which talk about people who went through this phase in 2008 dealt with it. I think people who graduate in this these times become so resilient towards how their work life will be going forward that nothing will really phase them out. So while obviously it's not great, but I think there's an opportunity for them to, you know, just really take this in a stride. They'll really get to understand what really motivates them. So now I think it's a good time. Yeah, like I think if you think about college, you want to have as many things as you can in one job. Now when you don't have that opportunity, you really start to prioritize what, you, what are the skills you really want to get. And, and instead of getting all of them in one job, what some people I would recommend is 
try to get certain skills in one job, then move to the other and get those. For example, like in my case, I wanted finance and prestige in one job. But in these times, you might not get that. It's not easy. There are fewer jobs, fewer opportunities. So try getting finance in that one job. And then if there are opportunities in another prestigious firm opens up, then make a switch. Don't just stick around not taking the job because it doesn't meet the criteria of prestige and finance. So now just focus on the skills you want and then take the opportunity that comes along and then switch and focus on other priorities along the way. Don't be too stubborn. Well said. I think retooling and even now with the gig economy and learning how to sort of apply what you can do, uh, there are so many opportunities, I'm sure, that will open up for people who are hardworking. Uh, fine. So thank you, Guntas. This was absolutely a pleasure catching up and look forward to inviting you to some of our panels, like I said earlier. Uh, so uh, we'll be in touch and thank you again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, of course. Thanks for time.